0: Welcome to another slice of sci-fi. I'm Summer Brooks, and it is my pleasure today to introduce someone who is helping to feed our science fiction geek obsessions with terms and terminology, author Robert Bly, who is better known for many, many uh, books and references for freelance writing and copywriting, has created a new reference tome that all of us can enjoy called the science fictionary it's a uh I guess it is a a a sort of dictionary, a dictionary of science fiction fantasy and horror uh characters, terms, terminology uh both uh, real and fictional that we have found in our everyday Uh, lives, from television, from film, from novels, from comic books, uh, and I'm sure if I'm missing uh, any sources, Robert will let me know. Hi, Robert.
1: Hi. It's a pleasure to be here and to meet you.
0: So what inspired you wanting to create a dictionary about science fiction terminology?
1: Well, I became a science fiction fan literally before I entered the first grade, and I'm 65 now, so I, I've been interested in reading, uh, uh, reading science fiction, watching the shows, the movies, also writing science fiction, and about science also, you know, for over half a century. So as I was, you know, as I progressed, I got the uh, one day I got the idea that it would be interesting to put together the the. The language of science fiction and fantasy and horror, you know, like, you know, Warp Factor. We all know that's from Star Trek. How fast is Warp Factor 3? It's not three times the speed of light, but how would you know that? So I said, why not do a a dictionary of science fiction, fantasy, and horror terms? And it was a labor of love because you mentioned about geeking out on this stuff. I just love this stuff. This is, this is my stuff. Comic books, too. Uh, and I've written a, a book about comic books before, but, uh, so I started to do it and I had the, the time. This is the most fun I've ever had. And I've written over a hundred published books and this one is the most fun I've ever had.
0: What was the first step you took in creating this and deciding, okay, I'm going to make a dictionary. Here's where I'm going to start. And we'll just see where things go from there.
1: The title popped into my head. One day I was, someone asked me or I was reading and said, what does this mean in science fiction? And I thought, well, we really could use a science fictionary. And as soon as that title popped into my head, that was it. I opened the word file and I started to research and write the book. I said, I have to do this
0: yeah the the list of references in in this dictionary is almost more impressive than the actual initial list of terms you have and the uh, the the invitation you have uh in the in the introduction is like hey if i missed a term let me know <laughs> that's i like in in this world of of of, of persistent connectivity you're that's asking for geeks to come out of the woodwork and say hey you forgot this term from you know episode four
1: of Lensman or
0: something
1: (laughs) well i want them to do that now you realize and they realize this is not even close to comprehensive a comprehensive dictionary of science fiction let alone fantasy and horror would be a gazillion pages so this is you know, I use the principle that John McPhee teaches. Do you know John McPhee, the the nonfiction writer? He wrote uh, uh, "Giving Good Weight." He teaches the and he teaches the principle in writing of selectivity. So you have to be selective here. So I, it's not comprehensive, but yes, I want someone reading to this. go oh, I don't see this in there, and I, I'll say to them, "Thanks for reminding me," and we'll you know probably put it in the next edition.
0: Was was there uh, a moment where you said, "Okay, we have to cut this off, or it'll never be published"?
1: That was the hard thing for me because this is a book that you could write forever, and as the publishing deadline approached, you know, a week before it, I handed in the manuscript, and of course, the next day, I encountered three more terms I wanted to include, and I do every day to this day. So I said to the publisher. How long can I keep putting stuff in? He goes, look, we got to get the book out. Another week, but finally, another two weeks. He cut me off, and it was so painful, so painful. Um, like I, I don't know if you've read it, but the um, the Broken Earth tr- trilogy. Have you read that?
0: Oh my God, the uh,
1: Saberhagen, right? No, no, no. That's uh, maybe he had one too. This is uh, I don't know her name. I don't have the book here. Name me something, and she won. She's the only person who won three. Consecutive best novel Hugo's in a row, and was all three books in that in this N- trilogy. N.K. Jemison. N.K. Jemison, thank you. I can never remember her name. And my son gave it to me. I'd never heard of her. And the what killed me is that I had handed in the book, and he hands me that, and I immediately see at least one, two, or three terms I would be love to have in the book. And the publisher said it's already at the printing press, you know. And I. That kind of thing kills me. So I collect the terms. I've got a whole shelf there, you know, in in the hope that we get to uh, go someday to a, you know, a second edition and expand it. Uh, But it bothers me that I don't have the word origin in the dictionary.
0: Is there a way for people to, I guess, submit their suggestions to you
1: online? Really, anybody can reach me with anything on my main website, which is Bly, my last name, B in boy, dot So they can do there anytime, but also, you know, they can email me. The email uh, is in the book, but also R W at Bly.com and give me the suggestion and I'll thank them. And, uh, you know, I'll have it in that pile over there to get into the uh, next edition whenever we do that.
0: So Crystal Lake Publishing is uh, one of my favorite indie publishers. Right. Did uh, did you approach them, or did they come to you?
1: Here's the thing: uh, I didn't know them. Well, I knew them. I mean, I'd read their books, but I, it didn't dawn on me that that's where I should go. And uh, you know, and uh, I went. I have a couple of regular publishers. That you know it wasn't really right for, and I said, "Hmm, where could I take it?" And a friend of mine, who's a writer who writes, his books are published by Crystal Lake. Taylor Grant said, "Why don't you try Crystal Lake? I'll make an introduction." And that's how I got there.
0: So, from from idea pitch to finally rolling off the presses, how long did this creation and uh, publication? Process take because you said you were submitting updates like right up until the last minute before they went to press.
1: Yeah, and I asked them for a long turnaround. So the total book time spent writing the book, you could say, arguably, was either 18 months when I was actively researching and writing. But really, I do tell people I've been working on this for over 55 years because I've been collecting this. I don't have a a photographic memory, but I have a great memory for just a couple of things. And one of them is pop culture trivia. So it was all in here, or a lot of it was in there. And I've been collecting that, you know, since I was seven years old.
0: So for the the research phase of what you were doing, where, you know, you said you started with your memory. What about when you were... I guess, solidifying what you remembered. where, what references were your, I guess, most common or, you know, most favorite?
1: Well, in the room behind me, and you can't see it because the door, that door is closed. uh, I have my science fiction library and I have a huge science fiction and comic book collection. So uh, I spent a lot of time going into that room, sitting at my desk there, pulling books off shelves and saying, what was that? What was that? Not only did that give me the clear definition of um, what something was, but it also, I looked at the stuff and said, oh, I should include that. Also, there are certain things that I either bought the original book again or looked on, uh, looked on the Google search for. For example, I, was, I put in, uh, in Philip K. Dick's book, Ubik, he describes what Ubik is. It's complicated and it's long. And I, I knew, I remember the novel, but I couldn't really remember it. So I just went out and, you know, and got another copy of the novel. I didn't have it anymore. So books were a big source. Um, movies, you know, which I could watch on YouTube were a big source. You know, I would watch trailers or sometimes, you know, big chunks of old the uh, horror movies and science fiction movies that I know I had seen or vaguely recalled, but couldn't remember the details.
0: Yeah there are a lot of uh and like I said the the reference section for this is just as impressive as the actual <laughs> collection of terms for for the comic books and uh I'm guessing also like short stories or articles there were I mean that's a lot of little obscure uh sources to to track down how 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 tough was that for you
1: I hate to say it but I had a lot of it here like on our in our house, we have a loft, you know, it's like a regular room in the skylight. That loft is mostly taken up by my comic book, my boxes of comic, bagged comic books. So when I wanted to do comic books, I went up there, you know. So I, I had a lot of this stuff uh, already. But again, uh, you know, if I had issue number seven of I'm just making this up X-Men and something happened, but I didn't have issue eight and that's what I wanted to write about. I would either buy it or you could, you know, you could Google it. You can even Wikipedia it. But anything I found in Wikipedia, I would try to check with a primary source as well.
0: Was was there uh, any term or character where your research took you into a rabbit hole because you were just so fascinated what you kept finding?
1: All the time, (laughs) which was sounds like it's a negative because it took so much more time to write the book. And it did. That was the fun part of the fun of it. I would just get, you know, I discover, you know, books, um, ideas. For example, I was writing a lot. I have a little too much in the book, probably about Star Trek because I'm a fan and I've written a Star Trek book earlier. And, uh, but I did some research into the hardware of Star Trek. And, you know, there are books on the hardware. And I didn't know one tenth of what was in those. I knew general Star Trek knowledge. And I, of course, I bought them, put a couple of terms in but could i put them aside no i had to spend every night reading them and looking at, at the color illustrations and the, you know so yeah i went down a lot of rabbit holes
0: talk about your i guess your your fascination with just collecting all these terms your 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 need to collect all these terms to to sort of help out the new and the old science fiction fans
1: well, I know that I, I wrote the book, people said to me, how did you select the terms you chose? I mean, because there's so many and you left so many out, obviously, because it can't be comprehensive. They said, what was your main criteria? And my main criteria was fun. If I thought it was fun, if it was interesting, engaging, or enjoyable to me, if it stimulated my mind, it, it, it turned my mind on, I figured there's other people who would find the same way. So you know that that was my main that was my main selection criteria. So it was you know I think of it as sort of if I was at a buffet of the infinite eight thousand great foods in the world, I wouldn't work my way through it and eat everything. I would select what was most appealing, and I did that here. And I figured if stuff that would be appealing to me would certainly appeal to a lot of other of our fellow fan, you know fans, readers, watchers, viewers.
0: The book came out in June. Have you started getting any uh, suggestions yet?
1: I actually have. uh, And they, you know, they come more in the form of almost a question. Well, there are suggestions. Someone it says, I read this. and Why didn't you mention this? Why didn't you mention that? And each of those is really a suggestion saying you should have, you can or should consider this. So I thank them. And again, they're piled up in the corner of the room on that bookcase. And uh, so, yeah, people are responding to it with precisely that. It's not so much I want you to put this in, but hmm, I read the book and you didn't have X. And that's a suggestion for me.
0: Have you uh, done any like live online interactive chats where where people can pop up and ask their questions sort of like a, a Reddit Ask Me Anything or, or some other forum?
1: I haven't done that. I've been on, uh, I've been on a, a couple of podcasts where they have audiences present. Uh, for example, uh, Writers of the Future, Galaxy Press has one, and it's a long podcast. And I was on that, and people did type in some answer some questions, and I was able to discuss it. But most of it is not. Most of it is what we're doing now. I'm on a radio show or a podcast. I'm speaking in one to one with with the producer or the uh, you know the manager or the, you know, the editor.
0: What, if there is any yet, sort of schedule would you like to see for publishing updates? And would it be a publication of the entire uh, dictionary? Or would it just be like little small supplemental uh,
1: volumes? I don't think supplemental volumes are good, because part of the pleasure of it is that you pick it up people have said to me well why would you need a a dictionary all the definitions are online but the pleasure of it that people are telling me and that i've had myself is you pick it up and you just leaf through it and you you come across stuff that's interesting so you might pick it up and look up you know you know what is the uh you know no what is uh shazam stand for because you're curious about that and then you say oh that Sheena and this and that, so people flip through it. I think it all has to be in the one book. I do have a site where I could publish just updated terms, but I don't think that would be as fulfilling. So right now uh, we're you know we're collecting and getting and gathering stuff to add, and hopefully at some uh, point uh, there's no schedule for it. Uh, Crystal Lake will allow me to to expand, and uh, but I think uh, you know people seem to think right now that. As it is uh, in its current in you know, first edition, there's a lot of fun in here, and that's the main thing is you know, it's fun.
0: Is there a breakdown of uh, how many entries came from books, how many came from movies, how many came from comics, that sort of thing?
1: Someone did one for me, one of the uh, one of, someone who interviewed me, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, he did it more like how many are from Star Trek? How many are from Planet of the Apes or something like that? But uh, no, I would say that it's an equal amount or a significant amount is from science fiction, fantasy and horror novels, short stories, excuse me, short stories, TV shows, and movies and comic books. Those are the main sources.
0: I am a fan of physical media. So I understand the need to have a reference book on the shelf. I mean, some of the references I have aren't in print anymore. And a couple of them predate Google. So I'm not even sure you could Google uh, information from those books. And so having, having a reference like this, where people might have to go out and find, you know, a copy of an old comic book or an old book uh at a used store is uh kind of thrilling for me because it's kind of like a treasure hunt. You know, you're 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 going on you're following a map trying to find <laughs> this one item. It's like, "Oh, I remember reading that book when I was 10 years old. I've never been able to find it again. Let me go look for it." That that aspect of what you've put together here just uh delights me and it was was that something that you actually helped uh other people with saying hey this is you know what you're looking for is here yeah
1: i mean my my what i what my intention was a as i said earlier that just would be funny and you enjoy it but b that it would give you a a list of things you'd read a definition and say that's cool hey i've never seen that movie Uh, several people who have read it have sent me lists they literally made a list of every movie, or most of the movies, or some of the movies that they went. They went through the book and said, "Here's my list of movies that I want to watch, or science fiction novels that I want to read after reading your uh, science fictionary." So that was one per- purpose, and the other is nostalgia. You know, if you go back, some, there's something very nostalgic about the, the science fiction movies, the TV shows, the stories, the adventures of your youth however old you are so it's a way that you in this book you revisit the things that you remember which has a nostalgic appeal and you discover new ones that you didn't know about that when you find them they're really interesting to you and then you trace those back and say hey i want to read that novel i want to see that movie
0: did you get a chance at all to contact any uh Writers of any of the novels or or TV shows or comic books, uh, the authors the the people who first used those terms, and talk to them about that.
1: I basically did not, uh, except in a few cases, like I had mentioned, some of the conversations were were years ago, but you know, I had had conversations with I probably had conversations with interviews, writing magazine articles about um maybe. A dozen at most of the bigger golden age or semi golden age writers. And this is stuff I discussed with them. Uh, but no, I didn't, I didn't, you know, again, as you say, some of them are older, some of them, like Harlan Allison, was I was the closest with, and he passed away, so it, we couldn't talk again.
0: If you had the opportunity to reach out to some of the newer science fiction authors who are coming up with, uh, terms that are 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 fresh for all of us. Uh, what would what would your your approach be to talking to them about? You know, uh, hey, I, how'd you come up with this term?
1: Well, I could do that, and I think you've given me a good idea. When I get to work, and maybe I'll start it sooner than later for you know the the second edition. I have a connection with Galaxy Press and the Writers of the Future, and they will connect me with the people who are in that that volume. And I think a lot of those writers are, you know, the, 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 some of the stars in the new generation. So I, w- I would pick some of those.
0: Are you you're still reading as much new science fiction, fantasy, and horror as you can?
1: I, this is the good thing about my life and the sad thing. <laughs> the good thing is that I love writing, writing and reading and I get to do it all the time. The sad thing is I'm very narrow. That's all, basically all I do. You know, so people, you know, I don't have as many, like Isaac Asimov, who is my writing hero, my writing role model. You know, he said, he said, you know, that the only thing he loved to do was read and write. He said, there's many of other things I like to do, but love, that's it. So I'm still doing it. And as I say, NK Jameson is the most recent one. I'm almost through the first book of the series. Um, And while doing this book, though, I did order books that I wanted to reference, didn't have in my bookshelf. Like, for example, I had wanted to say something about uh, the Star Lost, Marlon Ellison Star Lost, and the novel they did, Phoenix Without Ashes, him and Ed Bryant. And I didn't have it, and I'd never read it. So go on Amazon, order it, read it. Great novel, much better than I would have uh, even thought. Not one of his bigger novels, but really enjoyable. And so that, you know, that's what I did. I would, I would get books. Uh, I just, uh, you know, so I ordered that and, uh, yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still reading science fiction, horror. I've gotten into because of my, I have a uh, friendship with a couple of the today's horror writers. Uh, Taylor Grant is one, uh, Hunter Shea, uh, is the other one. Uh, I know them. And so I've really gotten into, uh, reading more, uh, paperback, uh, horror novels by Crystal Lake and other, you know, and other publishers of that ilk. And so I'm constantly reading and I read a ton of nonfiction. Also, because what I do in my real job, you know, science fiction is my avocation and book writing is my avocation. My real job is I am a freelance, full-time freelance copywriter, direct response copywriter. And so to do that job, you have to read and learn I don't say have to, you get to, cause it's a privilege, but you get to read and learn constantly. It's part of your job. So I'm lucky in that regard. You know, I, I do, um, I can get away with doing it because I, you know, I can say to my, uh, spouse, my wife, Hey, you know, I'm doing this cause this is part of my job. So I get away with it.
0: Well, I, for one would love to see your, uh, to be read list. Uh, I think that would be a, a fascinating reference in itself, but, uh, Robert, I, I could talk about this all day long, but thank you so much for your time today. The book is The Science Fictionary. It's already out from Crystal Lake Publishing. Uh, go check it out. Go check out uh, his website, Bly.com. And uh, we'll we'll keep up to date on what is coming next for The Science Fictionary. Robert, thank you again so much for your time today.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed this and enjoyed speaking with and meeting you.
0: And we'll be back with more Slices of Sci-Fi right after this. Slice of Sci-Fi
1: Escape Pod, the free science fiction podcast. Brought to you by Escape Artists. I rippled a welcoming cadence of light beneath my skin. And then, seeing the newcomer was human, made my best approximation of a smile. Welcome to Helixer Transgalactic Lounge. Each week, one story told well. She should have never come back to this god's forsaken junk heap of a space station. But she couldn't help but miss it when she was away for too long from the most astonishing and visionary storytellers of the genre.
0: But because time is a trick of the mind, it can be hacked. And we have gotten good at it.
1: We had to. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on the web at escapepod.org. And on Patreon under EA Podcasts. Hi, guys. This is Tom Allison, and I play Pre on Killjoy, and you're listening to a slice of sci fi.
0: And once again, that is the Science Fictionary by Robert W. Bly. It's available now from Crystal Lake Publishing in print and ebook, also, I believe. I am fascinated by reference books like this one, and I wanted to see which items this one added to the collection that was already out there. While it is incomplete, uh, the author has provided pathways for people to uh, enhance this volume by sending him terms, terminology, words, phrases uh, that might have been missed. And I'm curious how many additions he gets over the next few months, next few years, and how they compare to the volumes that are already out there. Uh, I don't know if a good friend of the show, Gary from Jacksonville, will be perusing this, but I looked for some terms that are unique to Babylon 5, and I didn't find any. And I don't know if I'm amused by that or annoyed, but uh, there's, there's no way a book this size this new could contain everything and as someone who has collected quite a number of science fiction and uh other genre related encyclopedias reference manuals like this i yeah i can i can relate I think that the first science fiction encyclopedia I ever bought was that huge, huge Hugo-winning tome. Uh, I bought the hardcover that appeared in 1993, but I believe the original came out in 78 or 79 uh, by John Clute and Peter Nichols. Huge, huge volume. The Encyclopedia of Science Fiction and other related books that I either have or know about, um, they're not exactly, well, actually, I take that back. They are encyclopedias. Two of them are actually collections, uh, anthologies of stories, uh, Robert Silverberg's Worlds of Wonder, which has since been reprinted as uh, Science Fiction 101. A couple of times it's been reprinted as Science Fiction 101. And there's also a collection of stories by, edited by Jeff and Anne Vandermeer, a big book of science fiction. Side note, they also have two other volumes, The Big Book of Modern Fantasy and The Big Book of Classic Fantasy. They are doorstop sized, so there's a lot of enjoyment in those three books. But uh, there are, I think the first one was uh, that, that encyclopedia by John Clute, which hasn't been printed reprinted recently, but there's an online version of it now, sf-encyclopedia.com. And if I'm remembering correctly, sfdictionary.com is, I don't know if it's actively maintained as much as it used to be in the past, but it's actually an offshoot of the Oxford Dictionary of Science Fiction which I believe was last in print in 2006 I haven't looked for a copy recently but the SF dictionary offshoot is still maintained uh or moderately maintained I'm not sure I should probably check that out but it's it's a historical dictionary of science fiction and it's the The online version is, is mildly addictive if you're into that kind of thing like I am. Some other volumes that I'm familiar with are the Visual Encyclopedia of Science Fiction, which I think was also printed... Uh, originally in the 70s, 77, 78, 79, around that time. And then there are the old Barlow's Guides. There's actually a Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials, and I think he also has a Barlow's Guide to Fantasy. I've seen the Extraterrestrials once. I'm kind of wishing I had bought it when I saw it, but I did not. Some obscure ones that I know of is uh, there's the it's called a catalog of science fiction hardware, and I've actually haven't seen a version of that online yet. That'd be kind of cool, though. I think that was also printed in the early 80s. Uh, where are my notes? Where are my notes? Here it is De Fates catalog of science fiction hardware check that one out some related reference books that i actually do own uh star names their lore and meaning which is is handy if you're looking for names uh to to write that uh science fiction that space opera novel you know you won't pick a galaxy pick a pick a star to to put a fictional planet around these days you could probably do some research to see if uh if astronomers or you know Hubble scientists have seen if maybe there are some planets around that star you never know another book. I don't think it's in print anymore, but it came out from Titan Books, I believe, in the early, maybe mid-90s, called The Greatest Sci-Fi Movies Never Made. Uh the just the the, the fact that somebody collected all of the most magnificent scripts for for science fiction films. And then the movies never got made. I thought that was a that was a bold choice. Then again, uh, you want to see an interesting documentary about a science fiction movie never made. Uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky was supposed to make Dune, and it would have come out before Star Wars. So there's a documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune. Check it out if you can. It's fascinating. And the fact that all of the artwork, uh, the storyboards and stuff were done by H.R. Giger, and a lot of that artwork seems to have been reused for, for Alien is just remarkable. That's all I'm going to say. The documentary is so worth it because you should check it out. Another off-the-wall encyclopedia that I happen to own, and i I think you could, I think there's a newer version of it out there that you might be able to still find. It's called the Encyclopedia. Oh, sorry, the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary by June Bletzer, M.D. Is it? Is it MD or PhD? I'd have to go check that, but it's definitely something D. She collected over the course of her studies all of the terms related to psychic phenomenon attributable, attributable to humans. If it was mentioned in fiction, if it was mentioned in passing, in some century, uh, past to modern, it, it's in there with a, uh, the, the, the correct spelling and, and terminology, the, the definition of what that particular psychic gift is. And for someone who wants to write a story about humans or maybe an alien race, that has uh, psychic abilities of varying degrees and varying gifts. This is a fun book to have on your shelf. It's awesome. It's it really is an awesome book. But there's there's so much out there. There's so much dictionaries and encyclopedias and and catalogs of all the science fiction terminology that we encounter daily now most of us all day <laughs> having a new one to give like a fresh perspective on things is fun it's another addition to the bookshelf i wish this had more entries from the modern uh the modern stories the modern films and books like like he said during the uh during the interview he wishes he'd known about uh NK Jemisin's Broken Earth trilogy before the book went to print but i realized that most of his terminology came from his first hand knowledge of people we call, you know, classic science fiction authors. Some are are, are grandmasters now, deceased, but he had first hand knowledge, interaction with them. So finding out what's in his personal collection of letters and older books is also a little bit of a a historical treat so i hope he continues to go through his collection and and add to to this volume and uh hopefully i don't know maybe we'll see an online update maybe uh crystal lake publishing has an idea about what to do with that we'll see And for the record, I do happen to own ScienceFiction101.com. I just don't know what to do with it anymore. (laughs) But how about you? Got any questions or comments about the encyclopedias that anchor our science fiction fun? Let me know. Give me a call. The voicemail number is 602-635-6976 or you can shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci You can also leave a comment in the discussion section here on the website, sliceofsci You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or Podchaser, please consider leaving us a review. Let people know you're enjoying the show and that they can tune in and check the show out for themselves. And for the record, yes, I skipped over Stitcher because Stitcher will be shutting down its podcast uh, section, podcast feeds app, everything related to podcasts on Stitcher will be going away at the end of August. So uh, goodbye, Stitcher. And if you're listening on Stitcher and haven't yet heard the news, I apologize. I'm so sorry. You'll have to find something else that works just as well on your desktop or phone. You can check Slice of Sci-Fi out on Twitter. I'm at Slice of Sci-Fi, and we also have a slowly growing YouTube channel uh, at Slice of Sci-Fi over there. The latest videos are reviews by Noah and Lewis, and also a a reaction video featuring Tim Callender and myself about the uh, the new Babylon 5 animated movie, The Trailer, that came out about a month ago. So go check those out. And some other Babylon 5 videos that are there may be coming along as well. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support Slice of Sci-Fi. Your pledges through Patreon, your donations through PayPal, really do help keep uh, everything around here online. So I thank you for your support. Uh, if you'd like to help keep Slice of Sci-Fi, Babylon Podcasts, Writers After Dark, and a few new projects coming along online, help support those efforts, those websites and podcasts, the place to go is patreon.com slash Slice fi You can pick a tier, any tier, and be eligible for perks. Every month I pick a winner out of the hat. And that person gets to choose from uh, books, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4Ks, a lot of the materials that uh, I've received to review here, I can't keep them all. There's just not enough space. So the Patreon supporters, the PayPal supporters, everyone gets first dibs at some uh, pretty cool new media items. You can also donate every now and then without committing to a monthly pledge through PayPal. The link to use there is paypal.me slash summer, or you can go check out sliceofsci-fi.net, which is a shop of curated items, uh, purchasing those books through bookshop, movies, TV shows through Amazon. Uh, those are affiliate links and anything bought through there will help support the show as well. So thank you in advance for all of your support, either now or in the future. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next time. Take care.